everybody. Welcome to Allendale Market Talk. I am here with Kevin Glantz talking about some different kind of practices with farming. Kevin, how are you doing today? Hey, we're doing pretty good. Uh, just a little damp around the edges and a little cloudy. So we're having a hard time getting going this spring. <laughs> Sounds about right. That's what I've been hearing from a lot of people this year. Yep. Expecting some more on the way as well. Um, so, yeah, I was talking to you the other day and really just had a pretty good conversation about just some different practices. And uh, just to start off, how did you get involved with farming? What's your uh, background before you got into the farming business? Uh, actually, I, I was born on a farm, so I've pretty well have farmed all my life. Uh, worked on the home farm with dad. Uh, you know, we had 25 cows and 25 sows and 240 acres. And, and uh, we did that. And I had two older brothers that really weren't interested in farming. So then as dad got to retirement age, I kind of took over. And the ironic thing is I started farming in the 80s. So um, I was getting trying to get started when other people were going broke, and I probably got laughed out of two or three banks when I went in to ask for a loan to start farming. There you go. Uh, put the feet right to the fire right to begin with. <laughs> yep, yep. And so I started uh, pretty well on a shoestring, um, and I would just I'd run my dad's ground, and he really didn't have much for buildings. I rented a set of buildings and uh, raised feeder pigs for five five years. And then uh, I had a chance to rent another farm with a total confinement set, it, set up on it. So I had farrowing, nursery, and finishing all confinement. And we ran that. And then in 89, I had an opportunity to buy my first farm uh, at the, kind of towards the end of the farm crisis where there, you know, um, there, there are opportunities uh, sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. In adversity, there's opportunity. And oh, the, the thing about it is I bought my first farm and I went total outside. I, pa I went out to a pasture farrowing. I went from total confinement to total outside pigs, pasture farrowing operation. We, we farrowed about a hundred, we had 150 huts and we farrowed 125 to 150 twice a year outside. And we did that for about 11 years until the kind of the hog thing situation really took a, a dive there in, in 1999 and 2000. Mm -hmm. And um, so then we were we, we pretty well got out uh, at that time and um, actually went through some pretty tough times, uh, went to town and got a job, worked nights, farmed during the day um, and kind of worked our way out of that. And so then um, from there, we kind of started rebuilding things a little bit. Uh, that, that hog situation there in 2000 really, um, you know, was really tough. Mm -hmm. And um, so. Then I kind of started um, building back up again and rented a little bit more ground and bought a little bit of ground and, and um, watched our pennies. And and here we are today. And I guess that's probably the theme of the story today is um, counting your pennies. Right, definitely. And that, that was what our conversation was about and yep. what I want to get a little more into uh, because – and. It makes sense to me because I didn't know beforehand that you did start in the 80s about why you took the approach you did during the golden age of farming, as, as it's very well put. Um, so take me a little bit through your mindset there when everything was going so great. What what were you thinking of towards the end of that when you had these great prices for these row crops and everything? Well, actually, then starting probably in that 08, 09 time frame when prices were really good, um, 
I want to say that I was forward thinking and that, man, I could see that uh, this wasn't going to last. And, and I had a kind of an inkling that, you know, good times only last so long, but but how long? Mm-hmm. And and I wish I could say that I was just that smart and that on top of things. But actually what turned me to to, to kind of change my whole farming operation was a labor issue. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find any help. Um that to run the field cultivator, I had two or three guys lined up, uh, you know, that could work nights, work weekends while I planted this and that. And they, uh, boy, all of a sudden the kid has a soccer game and the wife wants to do this on the weekend. And here again, I was with no help. Right. And so that was, that was what started this whole thing was a labor situation. And I come to conclusion with the land that I was running, I did not have any time to do any tillage in the spring. All I had time to do was plant or spray. Mm-hmm. And so the first year, we basically no-tilled uh, corn into the bead stubble, which was kind of an easy situation. Uh, and then also, um, we did we had chiseled the previous fall, so I did have to field cultivate the, the, the corn stalks for the bean planting. And from there, it just took off. And then the next year, uh, we no-tilled the beans into the corn stubble. And voila, that was our no-till program. Within two years, we'd turned every acre over to a no-till situation. And then it was about a year after that, maybe, that uh, in that time frame, that we decided uh, to start uh, uh, incorporating a cover crop practice. Um, Mm -hmm. A cover crop practice just complements a no-till practice. So, but, and then as far as, um, that, that was the reason I kind of got started in this situation. I thought, okay. And as I got into it a little bit and the times were still good, I kind of thought, okay, if I, I can afford to make mistakes right now at, mm-hmm. at the higher priced corn. And if I kind of mess up a little bit or I don't think something through, um, you know, we can kind of coast a little bit. Um, now that that luxury isn't there, uh, I'm so glad I learned what I learned five years ago right. and, and, and applying those techniques now that are, that are cutting my costs, uh, actually. So, mm-hmm. um, but my, my initial, uh, reason for starting this was a labor issue that there just isn't any help out here. Nobody wants to, to drive a nice tractor nowadays, uh, and that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I got into it, uh, probably year four or five, I'd say three, four, five, and six, I'm kind of a numbers guy, keeping track track of things. Then it became a financial benefit. Um, uh, just you know, using less fuel, uh, less uh, no very virtually no equipment costs. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then we started. Uh, I want to say utilizing the the soil health situation, and now we're using less fertilizer. Um, in that, I've almost cut my my nitrogen use in half and my yields are still going up. So um, it, it's a long-term process. This is not a one or two year deal. Uh, mm-hmm. Honestly, this is a long-term process, but I've got an on-farm scale. Every field, every variety, every field and every farm is weighed. And I put that in O2. So I've got hard records to show what this can really do for an operation, but it takes some time. It really does. So how long do you, what do you say it took before you started really seeing these advantages to no-till using a cover crop? And uh, well, obviously the low cost always helps out right at the beginning, but when did you start to see this better yield and all this soil uh, 
health being more health because of it. When, when did this start really picking up? Um, I would say that if I was looking really, really close at it, it probably started around year four, but I would have to say around year five. Okay. Uh, then I could start, you, you could start just, uh, you could start seeing the, the worms, uh, were multiplying. Um, what I want to say, the, the soil health, um, the mulch that's left on top that you can plant right through the texture of your soil. Um, it was probably about year five that I started noticing the difference. And that's when I started noticing the economic uh, benefit and, uh, and seeing that, okay, we can start cutting back on our, let's try cutting back on our nitrogen. So I, I did it in increments. Um, mm -hmm. A cover crop doesn't put a sign up and say, hey, you can cut back on 10 units of nitrogen here, or hey, you can cut back on 20 units of N here. No, you, you have to take it. It doesn't tell you. It doesn't give it to you. You have to be on top of it and, and start taking it. And so mm -hmm. I started whittling down my nitrogen use at about year four, five or six and about 10 units a year, thereabouts. And uh, so before the, I'd say the cover crop no-till practice, we were at about 1.2 units of purchased nitrogen per bushel of corn raised. I am down to 0.7 units of purchased nitrogen per bushel of corn raised now. So I'm almost, almost at half of the mm -hmm. nitrogen in that. So, it, uh, so that's, that's the time frame there that uh, I think you've got to give this thing five years and then you'll start seeing the return on it. Awesome. And yep. what kind of a cost, obviously you're cutting your, uh, your, nitrogen costs and basically well, almost basically half how much would you say cost wise percentage wise uh have you saved from changing practices here Ooh, a percentage overall boy that's a good question i've never looked at it that way i've just looked at it okay i'm cutting my nitrogen i've cut my fuel usage um i'm down to about four gallon an acre and that's in and out and that includes mowing the lawn because i've got a diesel lawnmower so I said at the end of the year, I take total number of gallons divided uh, by total number of acres and, and you get a gallon per acre usage. Mm -hmm. And we were probably in that, around that 20 gallon, I would guess. Uh, I, it's been a long time now, but when we were doing the whole nine yards of tillage um, and we're down to four. Wow. So, you know, we're saving 15, you know, some, we're saving quite a bit of diesel fuel actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, so. Uh, so that's another aspect. I've been able to cut back on a few chemicals, depending on the size of the cover crop. When I terminate it, the taller the, cro the crop, uh, the more good it does for you in mm -hmm. that. So I have been able to maybe cut back on chemicals. That is something I can't put a, a, a definite thumb on and say, right. yeah, it's so much an acre or it's so much here. Um, but there has been a little improvement on that end of it. And then virtually... Uh, you know, no, no replacement shanks or shovels or anything like that. So that, that uh, expense is eliminated. And uh, I finally am, am, am getting, after 10 years, I guess, totally comfortable. I sold my field cultivator this year. So I am, I am committed now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Do or die time so, now. <laughs> well, uh, maybe I'm a slow learner. I don't know. But you, you always kind of kept to have field cultivators in the back of the shed as an insurance policy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just come to the conclusion, I, I just can't, so, if, I, if I want that done, with, I know about 20 guys that have field cultivators that I can rent. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely. Um, some other oh. th- things is uh, with this change in no-till cover crop and everything, has that been able to benefit you in your soil warming up or any, what kind of benefits are you seeing there? Well, with the residue that you do leave out there, um, I, I guess a person sets goals. And that's what you want to do when you start a cover crop practice. And I don't care how minute the goal is. Um, your mm-hmm. your end goal dictates what your beginning is. If you're just going to terminate this cover crop, you throw out 40 to 50 pounds of a of a rye cover crop, just, and that's what it is, is a cover crop. Some people mm-hmm. want to graze it in the spring. So you put out a little bit more. You put out 80 to 90 pounds out there. Some people want to baleage it, you see. So mm-hmm. um, it's it, it just depends what your end use is, and mine has always been just to terminate it and stuff. And so then mm-hmm. that 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 uh, I've I've had no reason to go any farther than that. But there's a lot of options out there with the cover crop. There really is. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So. Uh, so... With everything that's been moving like this and going into the future, what do you see the benefits for this are, especially for new farmers that may be coming in uh, with, say, a lot of people have been saying that this time is a little bit like the 80s right now with how farmers are dealing with everything. So who knows? Maybe there's another Kevin out there uh, just starting up. What what would you tell him? Um. Honestly, um, it, it's it's a great opportune time. Like I said before, in adversity, there's always opportunity. Mm-hmm. And um, if you can if you can get started and rent that first 160 or that first 240 or that first 80, I mean, in all honesty, keep your job in town. <laughs> don't give that up. Don't give that up right away. And buy yourself a six or an eight little six row John Deere 7000 or or an eight row planner. And it doesn't take anything fancy. The first few years, the ground's going to be pretty hard. But, uh, you know, I don't have any fancy setup on my planter. I got four down pressure springs. That's what I use for down pressure. Uh, you know, hmm. um, you can go out there with a, with a sprayer and a planter and a tractor. Uh, buy yourself a 70, 80 horse uh, little front wheel assist tractor. And uh, you're in business. Uh, you don't have all this... I see young farmers buying, you know, 40-foot field cultivators, and if they don't have one of them, they got two of them, and mm-hmm. um, and that. But uh, buy yourself a sprayer, get a little technology with it. As far as uh, um, guidance, I had, uh, and I'm not a techie person, man, I'm not, but uh, I do have guidance on my sprayer tractor. Um, I to to so because when you spray a cover crop, if you miss a little bit, it really shows up. You can mm-hmm. see that for a long time, <laughs> and. Uh, so that's what I would tell the young guys. Uh, in all honesty, I I could not farm like my dad did, and you mm-hmm. cannot farm like your dad did. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of break out, and uh, you you got to you got to set your own course. Uh, right. Actually, um, all the all these young awesome. fa- young fellows that are they're going in uh, right after dad and and grandpa and still doing all this tillage and and everything else. Um, um, you know, that's up to them. I'm not here to say it's wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm just here to say that there are different possibilities that, that then open up to different opportunities. Right. And I would say to young guys, um, if I had a, a source 
If I was a young guy, I would start a cover crop application business. I, I, I would buy myself a, a decent, or rent a decent sized tractor and, and buy a, a, a some type of a vertical tillage and put an air box on it and say, hey, I can do three to 5,000 acres of, uh, of uh, cover crop in the fall and, and put your name out there. And I know some people about 25 miles away that did that within two years uh, these two young guys had 5,000 acres to do, and they can't do any more. Wow. So this is what a great way to get started. Yeah. You know, oh, if, you, if you don't have to start uh, spend a bunch of time in a combine in the fall, um, uh, buy a VT and uh, and put an air box on it and uh, drills. A lot of people want to drill their cover crop, which is probably the best way, but they're a high wearing item mm-hmm. and you can't go as fast. Um, I happen to have, and I'm not advertising, um, I like the Great Plains uh, uh, design with the straight blades, the straight gangs, and about two inches deep at nine mile an hour, you can cover a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I would say for a young guy, um, you know, instead of maybe the 70, 80 horse tractor, rent a bigger one or use dad's tractor or something, but buy yourself a VT and cover a bunch of ground at nine mile an hour and uh, you'll need a seed tender. Um, it's much better than an airplane. Um, I, I did this, this aerial seeding and leaving the seed on top of the ground. Um, that doesn't always do the best. Um, drilling is, is probably the best, but that's a high wear item. You really put a lot of money into repairs and that. So, but as far as the young guy is concerned, um, you don't need all this equipment. You really don't. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining today and sharing some of your insights there. Uh, I really like uh, that last part there. Uh, definitely thought-provoking going forward and really plays to that whole looking for an opportunity during adversity, uh, yeah. which se- seems to be kind of the, the theme of this whole podcast. Um, so again, yep. thank you very much for joining with me here, Kevin. Okay. Well, I'm glad uh, I enjoyed uh, talking about it a little bit. I don't want to come across like I know it all. I just, I'm just speaking from experience and, uh, you know, I, I've made a thousand mistakes. I want you or the next guy to start at a thousand one. There's no use all of us making the same mistakes. Uh, right. we can really multiply this and really grow this, uh, if we all work off of each other's mistakes and, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's all I'm trying to do is let the next guy start at a thousand one instead of me, <laughs> instead of making my <laughs> full thousand. <laughs> Right. Awesome. Definitely great to have the FARG community come together and share ideas. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a great way to, like I said, keep the next generation going and making sure that we keep moving from here. Uh, Something I was talking about with my president is this industry, it's consolidating, but we can help each other out more and more through technology and everything that's going on here. So I'm, I'm, again, glad and honored that you come here and uh, talk about your operation a little bit, what what you like to do and some, some things you found. So thank you very much for that. Okay. Well, thanks for the opportunity. I sure appreciate it. Awesome. Well, if anyone out there wants to join in the future, uh, you can reach us at 800-262-7538. That's 1-800-2-MARKETS by email service at allendale-inc.com. This week for Allendale Market Talk, Mike Lung signing off. You guys have a great one.